Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. Um, I think that the Canadian side would not have done this if they had a fairly high level of confidence that this had actually happened. If it, unless they had a fairly high confidence, right? Right. I mean, unless unless they had a fairly high yeah. confidence that the intelligence was good, because this is again, you know, and last week the. Trudeau, you know, the Chinese are already mad at him because he made some comment around like like mining lithium, where you know, of course, we can't compete because the Chinese use slave labor, um, mm-hmm. something to that effect. Which, which you know, of course, doesn't he said really it go, flippantly, go but yes, yes. Um, not going to be received well in Beijing. Well, yes, and to be very clear, if in fact the intelligence is correct and this politician's family was targeted by a Chinese diplomat. That is so far over the line in terms of what's acceptable in bilateral relations that, of course, you have to right. eject. I don't even know what the right word is. If you're, I guess, expel, expel, expel. this no, no, diplomat. It, it, there, there's no real room for discretion or ambiguity on a, a question like that. No, and, and so the you know again. Does it stop at sort of a tit for tat expulsions? Or, you know, I think it seems highly likely that there will be more revelations. There's clearly somebody or some group with access to the intelligence that the Canadian intelligence service has, either in the Canadian intelligence service or somewhere with access to it, who are, you know, have been leaking to the media because, and, and you know, I think it's because they were got so frustrated that, the prime minister was just sitting like the, they weren't doing That's anything. That's what's happening. It's a multiple and plane scandal. so it's blowing scandal. up in Trudeau's face. And so then he may, again, if as the domestic pressures increase, you may see then the Canadian, they have to, you know, he has to show some spine, right? So to speak. Yep. Well, and, and you talk about the relationship. Uh, it reminded me of that video of she lecturing Trudeau at the G20 summit. Yeah, create back the conditions, the create the Chongzhao create the conditions, create the conditions. Yeah. Right. Like he's a little kid. Exactly. And so, you know, and brother. again, right. So how is how is threatening a sitting member of parliament in Canada creating the conditions? Right. I mean, this is this is it's the a fair thing. question. And this, is, and this is why people like like. Some people in Canada are really upset because it's like, you know, we have a democracy and and it is being interfered with is how they see it. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to get messy, I think. Yep. There, there's, you know, Canada has a large overseas Chinese diaspora population. Uh, it, it's going to get messy. Well, it already has gotten messy. It's going to get messier. As is always useful, you can imagine China's reaction if somebody was threatening Canadian relatives of a party member and uh, like someone on the standing committee or something like that. Like, that's just like completely unacceptable um, and would lead to all sorts of awful fallout. So hopefully we can avoid something that dramatic in this particular case. Um, and at least at least in previous standing committees, the U.S. and Canada had that leverage. I don't think they used it, but they certainly were, uh, including children of standing committee members who had U.S. passports. And now it's a tighter circle these days. Tighter circles. So. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, again, what she's doing around national security, around party discipline is is in many ways a reaction to how bad things have gotten, had gotten mm-hmm. in under the, the management of his predecessors. Yep. Well, to keep it moving, Joel says, I've seen a report, I've seen reporting on a approximately 19% unemployment rate for under 24 year olds, which seems bad for stability. What do you think is driving it? Is it more about the education system? For example, the legitimate side of the for-profit education crackdown or the up and down COVID economy? Has the government announced any plans to address any of this? 
And this question dovetails with the recent meeting of the Central Commission for Financial and Economic Affairs uh, and the government's discussion about addressing population declines. So what do you think? Is there anything the government is planning in the short term to address? Oh, no, they're very worried. Okay. And they're very worried. They put out um, recently put out on like a plan that a spur employment uh, especially for, for new recent college grads that involves like, you know, especially they're using the state sector, the state owned sector, um, is, you know, supposed to absorb a lot of new graduates, like as interns or sort of give them some basic, um, support. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're rolling out other support programs to make sure that the, you know, people have some, some sort of social safety net. Uh, but I mean, you know, ultimately there, there are a few things going on. The COVID economy definitely, uh, had an impact. The general state of the PRC economy had an impact. The uh, the growth of uh, the increase in spots at Chinese colleges over the, the over the last couple of decades has a spot. So there's just a lot more graduates, and you know, including some who are paying extra to sort of get a seat because you know not they didn't necessarily test into the best schools, and so you have you just have a lot more graduates with you know families who invested a lot of money in getting their their children to the point where they've graduated from college. And so there's much higher expectations about what their salary, what, what kind of job they should get, what they'll take, uh, okay. what they'll take, what, what they should be paid, what the work should be. You know, there's a lot of discussion around like, you know, well, maybe, you know, some people saying, Oh, well, you, you know, you should be willing to do like more blue collar stuff. And, you know, Oh, well, we went to college. We were white collar workers. There's a whole, I mean, it's, it's really, um, it's a real problem. And, you know, things like the crackdown on, the platform economy, the internet, big internet companies, the crackdown, the, the really the destruction of the private tutoring industry, um, you know, th- those costs hundreds of thousands of good uh, white collar jobs yep. and, and, and ones that absorbed a lot of uh, recent college graduates. And so, you know, it, had they not touched those companies, it wouldn't have solved this problem, but it certainly would have, it, it, it would have helped terrible. ameliorate yeah. it. Right, right. And so, no, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, of a, of serious concern to the, to policymakers, they made that clear from sort of the, what they've said. The policies they're trying to push out, uh, not clear at all how they're going to resolve it. I mean, you're seeing now there's a bigger push around vocational education, but uh, a, you know, trying to build, you know, sort of train people up to do things, not just mm-hmm. be sort of white collar workers. It, it's it's not, you know, maybe that'll have an impact on the margins. It's certainly not. It doesn't look like it's going to solve the 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 problem for these recent graduates, current crop of recent graduates anytime soon. Yeah. Well, and it's not a problem that's going to be exclusive to China because particularly if the AI stuff proliferates over the next five to 10 years, white collar jobs in the US could shrink and it just sort of creates this glut of talent with nowhere to go. Um, Do you think do you think they'll can do our podcast without us? I sure hope not. You know, I, I think the key is Should to we try like, sprinkle like, in enough errors that the AI can't <laughs> replicate that keeps us fresh and original. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. That's Ben Thompson's approach to it is just mispronounce a few words here and there to let everyone know you're human. Um, oh, that's why he does it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're, this is all just oh, insulating smart. us from the AI takeover. Um one question, <laughs> did the government actually announce any concrete plans to address the, the declining population this week? I know it came up at the, the meeting, but was it just sort of generally we're taking this seriously and want to take proactive steps to, to change it? Or was there anything actually announced? 
Uh, it was it was um, a high level sort of we should do these things that I think we we will we should expect to see more detailed policy proposals and implementation implementation plans to follow from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it I think it's a clear it's a clear recognition that that they're not going to the population is not going to be growing anytime soon. So now you know like they're not going to change that trajectory. So now it's about how better to train and adapt the population the to they have yeah. to the workforce they have as well as uh at least stabilize the decline in population growth got it um right because i think what the problem is is in spite of all the talk over the last you know and, and and there's certainly appears that one of the one of the main drivers behind the destruction of the private tutoring industry was this belief that it would reduce stress and therefore people would be more willing to have kids mm-hmm. right because it's so hard it's so stressful it's so expensive to have kids everywhere but china has its unique uh, characteristics and it is it is really um really hard to and ex- expensive to raise a kid in china that but it had second order effects they didn't think of like well now you have to pick up your kid after school at 3 and you're still working right right a lot a lot of these places were like after school daycare um you know so it didn't it didn't really work the way they wanted it to the decline in the birth rate has was not arrested and so we'll see what they do. There certainly sounds like they're going to be pushing more pro-natalist policies. So far, they you've had certain regions that pushed out subsidies, like you get a certain amount of money every month, or you 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 have preferential mortgage rates, or right. you, can you can buy, buy a, a bigger second house or, or something, or apartment, or blah blah blah. And it does not look like those have yet moved the needle. Uh, and so one of the questions will be: will, will there be more? You know, they used to have a very large and coercive bureaucracy to make people not have more than one kid mm-hmm. um will they take a similar approach where they become uh take take more um sort of assertive or active measures to get people to give birth right and can and you do that not, from a pro not clear can standpoint? you do that yeah. um you know will they will probably you know so so i think part of this what came out at the meeting yesterday you know they're 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 talking about all sorts of things they can set up to help people with childbirth, caregiving, incentives for childbirth, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, we'll see. Um, I think, though, again, that this is one of those things where people in China, experts in China, have been warning about this for a long time. They weren't listened to. And then mm-hmm. it suddenly sort of hit them in the face. And now they're really scrambling to try and figure out how to deal with it. And at the same time, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a. It's one of those things where when the when it first came out that the population was had declined a little bit, you know there are all these doomsayers. It's over for China. You know the demographic demographic crisis. Uh, it's a problem. The, the policymakers are clearly concerned, right? Uh, but they're also, I think, trying. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss their efforts to muddle, figure out how to muddle through this problem. All right, and that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology, and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus. 